If it's happening now, we're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. All right, we uh, we talk about space on this show quite a bit because, you know, every so often you just got to get out and see what's going on outside the stratosphere. And students from McMaster University will be at the Canadian Space Agency this week to finalize the preparation of their CubeSat, a type of miniaturized satellite for launch into space. The purpose of the satellite is to further our understanding of long-term exposure to space radiation. To find out more, Taryn Ginter is with us, Operation Team Lead at the McMaster Satellite Team, uh, New Dose Project, uh, McMaster University, and is with us now. Taryn, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. Hi, thank you so much. I hope you're well as well. So far, so good. So first of all, how did you get involved in this? How did Matt get involved in this? So this goes back to 2015, actually, when everything first started, and that's when the PIs first thought of putting in an application and starting to build a satellite. I got involved in 2020 when I heard about the team through a guest lecturer and decided to apply because I'm really interested in space exploration, and then it's just been amazing from there. Uh, What is it about space that intrigues you? Oh, everything, to be honest. I mean, I'm in physics at McMaster and interdisciplinary science. And so I think pretty much everything about the mission itself and everything about space research really appeals to me. So talk about CubeSat. What is this? What is? What are you trying to do? And, and, and what's the mission here, per se? Yeah, absolutely. So our project was selected in 2018 to be part of the Canadian CubeSat project. So this offers a chance for post-secondary students to design, build, launch, and operate a mini satellite. So our mission is, as you already mentioned, to look at the effects of ionizing radiation on the human body. I mean, upcoming space flight and deep space missions are becoming a little bit more realistic the further we go, but there's a really big difference in the environment. So our goal is to get a sense of those radiation differences, and hopefully we can implement better safety precautions so that astronauts are protected. So what is the team at Mac doing with the Canadian Space Agency this week? This week is uh, the integration of the Canadian Space Agency. So there are seven CubeSat projects that are headed to the CSA for the final steps that will confirm that our satellite is qualified to launch into space and be deployed from the International Space Station. So they're not only taking it up, they're actually going to launch this thing. Yeah, they're actually launching it from the International Space Station. So we will be headed up in February. Um, the launch will be happening from Florida, going up on one of the SpaceX Dragon ships, I believe, and then up to the International Space Station from there. Holy smokes. So uh, give us an idea of what this uh, miniaturized satellite is, the size of it, what it is capable of doing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about the size of a loaf of bread. It really is quite small. And what our satellite looks like from the outside is mostly solar panels, to be honest, because we need a way of charging it. But inside of the satellite, we have our charged and neutral particle tissue equivalent proportional counter, which is quite a mouthful, but it allows for the discrimination of a dose from charged and neutral particles. So this is the actual payload of our satellite that will be looking at the radiation in low Earth orbit and then sending that information back down to ground station at McMaster. I just still can't get over the fact that their universities are launching their own satellites into space. I know, it's incredible. 
So, um, uh, so what happens once it gets to the space station and once it is eventually put into orbit? Um, what is the role then with the university? What do you do then? What, what happens after that, uh, providing all of this happens? Yes. So for, from our perspective, once it's launched, the satellite has approximately one year in orbit. That's the lifetime that we have anticipated after it's been deployed. And so at that point, we have a ground station at McMaster. We actually have antennas set up on the roof of one of the engineering buildings, and we have our ground station. So that's where we will be receiving the data. And that's when sort of the science side takes over a bit from more of the engineering perspective when the satellite is still being built. At this point, we have the data, so then we can start looking at the contributions for the in vivo doses from those charged and neutral particles that are contributing to the overall radiation dose. Uh, any chance this might have a little camera on it, or is that uh, out of the realm right now? Unfortunately, ours does not have a camera on it, um, but hopefully we'll still be able to get some pretty cool content as it's being deployed. And so uh, a year uh, this is supposed to uh, uh, be in operation for. We know that in the past, sometimes these things may go longer than that. Are you hoping to get a minimum of a year and anything after you get after that is icing on the cake? I think that's pretty much the goal at this point. That's our, our anticipated lifetime, but if it can last any longer, that would be amazing. So why are you studying the long-term exposure to space radiation? What are you hoping to find out uh, with this? So the big thing is that space radiation is actually very different from naturally occurring radiation on Earth. So we have what's called the magnetosphere that plays a really big role in protecting us here on Earth from radiation. Astronauts don't have that same protection, and so they're exposed to a higher radiation dose, but it's also different from the dose we get on Earth. And there are different health risks. So long-term exposure, we're going to have risks like cancer, cataracts, central nervous system damage, acute radiation sickness, and much more. And as upcoming spaceflight is hoping to go for longer deep space missions, we need to consider the difference in the environment. So hopefully the data that we're collecting will give us a better sense of the charged and neutral particle contributions to the radiation dose so that we can implement better safety measures. Uh, you're saying that Max, one of several universities that are involved in various projects like this, are they, are, are they all searching for the same thing or do they have their own little uh, objectives, purposes? They all have different objectives and purposes. So I know that some of them, there are some satellites coming from out west um, one of them is going to be looking at tracking wildfires. One of them is going to be looking at, I think, projecting artwork that's coming from different communities in uh, northern Canada. So all the different CubeSats have different missions, which is really exciting as well. Do you get to go to the launch? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, the launch will be, yeah, fingers crossed. I would love to be there. It is in Florida. Um, right now it's slotted for February 19th. So Luckily for us at McMaster, most of the team is made of students. That's our reading week, so fingers crossed we can make oh, it. Oh, wouldn't that be perfect? I'm guessing as a student, just a trip to the Canadian Space Agency is is pretty cool. It is, and we've had some amazing opportunities uh, to meet astronauts, to do all sorts of cool events with the CSA, and the team itself is mostly made up of students. I mean, we do have the PIs as well, but we have about 60 members that are on the team right now, and most of them are from a different background uh, across McMaster. And so for all of us, it's a really great opportunity to 
take place in such an exciting mission. Taryn, if they asked you to go up and sit beside or hold the uh, satellite on the way up, would you go? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, so when will you know more uh, whether you're successful with this and whether it's going up? Uh, when, when, or or is, that, is that for sure? Um, this week, we have our final steps to confirm, so everything should be good to go, but we should have that definite confirmation after the integration process at CSA this week. All right. Well, good luck. Congratulations to you. Taryn Ginter with us, Operations Team Lead for McMaster's Interdisciplinary Satellite Team, New Dose Project, McMaster University. They're off to the Canadian Space Agency. And then hopefully from there, uh, their project gets sent to the International Space Station. Taryn, thanks so much for the time. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.